Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. When ETH was at 3K, I bought. When it was at 2,500, I bought. 1,800, I bought. When it bounced back up to 2,100, I bought again. And then when it fell to 1,700, you guessed it, I bought. And now that it looks like ETH is well on its way to 1,200, what will I do this time? Today, we're going to discuss what is dollar cost averaging and why it is important. Investing 101 is simple, buy low, sell high. Everyone pretty much knows that mantra, they'll say it. However, when it actually comes to doing it, all rationale goes out the door, people become very emotional. Those red candles and those falling numbers really affects people's emotions and they do irrational things. And it's also the same thing when those green candles are popping up and FOMO sets in, people want to buy into it. They don't want to get left behind. So it's very crazy, but people FOMO into the high and they panic and they sell into the low. That is what's happening with crypto for the most part. And it goes in a vicious cycle. And during this time when everything is falling, quite possibly in a long bear market that we're looking forward to, Google searches go down, podcast listens, YouTube searches, anything related to crypto or the market, trading activity, everything goes down because people do not want to enter the space. It's they're trying to exit the space. They want to get back into cash and they want to run away and they probably won't look back again until the next bull market. That is how the majority of people operate. And buying high and selling low is a recipe for disaster. No one gets wealthy doing that. And that is why dollar cost averaging is very important. It is more of a formula than it is an emotional reaction to the market conditions. It does not matter what the price is, just buy. And in most cases, this is on a regular schedule. So for example, let's say someone gets paid every two weeks, they can automatically set up their account to deduct, say 10% and buy a particular asset, whether that is a stock or a cryptocurrency, anything of that matter, you can set up your accounts to just automatically do it every single month or every single paycheck, whatever it might be. And you might be wondering, well, why would someone do that? Why would they not want to manually make these transactions? And it's because the emotion plays in. When things are pumping, there's that FOMO, as I said, and then there's fear and certainty and doubt as things are falling. And either way, people can make some horrible mistakes because of how they feel. But with this formula, just having everything automatic and just doing whatever it is, it takes all of that emotion out of it, if you will. And within the crypto market, this is most prevalent with Bitcoin. And let's just say, for example, if each month someone is going to purchase one Bitcoin, I'm just going to use this for simple numbers before I get to ETH and all that. But let's say one Bitcoin someone purchased at $30,000, then they purchased another one at the peak at $69,000. And then when things start to fall, they purchased one at $25,000. Well, that averages out those three Bitcoins average out to $41,000. So it's not the lows and it's not the highs, but somewhere in between. So when you dollar cost average that out, it's three Bitcoins, $41,000. And the benefit of that is not trying to catch the lows and the highs and trying to predict and be Nostradamus. You just simply look at the formula, go through it. There's no motions. Just set up the plan and stick to it and go. Now with ETH, it gets a little bit tricky or Sol, or any of these other cryptocurrencies where there's NFTs involved, because you can spend it. For the most part, Bitcoin is a store of value. People typically will save in Bitcoin, use it as a retirement fund, or whatever it might be. However, 
There are some countries such as El Salvador in certain situations, buying a Tesla or whatever it might be, that people will accept it as payment or athletes will want their salary in Bitcoin, but it's not like anyone's buying any pizzas these days with Bitcoin. And if you're not familiar with that story, just Google Bitcoin pizza and that was the first real world life transaction for something real offline with Bitcoin and what that pizza is worth now is absolutely ridiculous. But at that time, it was the novelty and that helped to propel Bitcoin to where it is today. So that person really shouldn't have any regrets. But going back to the subject at hand, dollar cost averaging and how we're looking at it with ETH. Now, someone might purchase ETH just as I mentioned with the Bitcoin situation. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin. It can work with any cryptocurrency or any asset for that matter. But when it comes to NFTs, now it gets a little bit tricky because these are non-fungible tokens. Unlike Bitcoin, ETH, SOL, or any of these other cryptocurrencies, the NFTs itself are non-fungible. They're not just exchangeable one for another. So it's a little bit harder to really calculate the, the average cost. But when you're just looking at it as pure tokens within that project, you can dollar cost average. So let's say someone mints one NFT for 0.05 ETH. And again, I'm just using ETH because that's where all the attention and love happens to be. So that's what I'm going to use. Then they end up purchasing one NFT when everything starts to pump. There's a lot of hype around the project. Maybe some influencers and celebrities jumped in and it's all the way up at 0.2 ETH. And then a bear market hits. Prices start to fall. People are fighting out and they're leaving. They just want to get the cash and they want to get out as quick as possible. And that person picks up another one at 0.02. So that is three NFTs, one at 0.5, one at 0.05, one at 0.2, and one at 0.02. That averages out those three NFTs to 0.09 ETH. So the average cost is above the mint price, nowhere near the peak price, and pretty far off of the current floor price as a low. But of course, with NFTs, you have to factor in traits, there's rarities, there's different factions and all sorts of things that will determine how much a particular token is worth, might have different utilities. But I'm just looking at this as NFTs in a particular project. And there's quite a few that I actually look at and I rate this same way simply because that utility for that token does not matter. They're same across the board for that particular NFT project. However, the only thing that really changes the value of them is those rarity traits and uh, different attributes that might be in highly demanded or anything of that nature. And when it comes to dollar cost averaging, just figuring out what was my cost per token to get into a particular NFT project, I personally do not put any of that into consideration. Now, if someone is a really big into uh, trait investing, especially if you listen to the last couple episodes and I was speaking about trait groups and all those different things. Well, you can actually do this dollar cost averaging per trait or whatever it might be. And it still works out to be the same. It's almost like a mini project. Of course, a trait group within a project is like a project within a project in many cases. So yes, you can do the same thing too. Or if you want a broad overview of that particular project, just understanding 0.09 is the average for that project not taking any of that into consideration. So in theory, with this 0.09 average cost, even if it just goes up to 0.1, that is still profitable. It doesn't have to go all the way back up to the 0.2 where you bought the most expensive one because when you bought the one that was down there at 0.02, it brings down the average what it was to buy into that particular project. So those three NFTs, if you sell them all for 0.1, you are ahead of the game, that is complete profit. But assuming that you're in it, you have a long-term approach, you think you're bullish, 
Either way, you're winning out and buying at that low doesn't matter what that price was. It averages out and it hedges against the time when you bought at the peak. So what is the alternative to this? It is timing the market. And as I open up this thing with, it's buy low, sell high. That is the goal of every single investor. That is what the world's best investors do. But here's the thing. There is not a single person on this planet that can predict exactly when the market is at its low or when it's at its high. Despite all the charts and theories and mathematical calculations, all sorts of factors that cannot be predicted play into this. If you listen to episode 193, you can see that DGENs know a secret about the market. And I spoke about how markets are irrational. In theory, there are different pieces of information that all bakes into the price. And that is always the reflective price of whatever the market price is. However, emotions play a huge part and it is not always the case. So speaking of irrational markets, as I said, a lot of the times, this is how the irrational market looks. Someone is wondering, should they get into the Web3? They're dabbling with all this stuff, watching it on YouTube, but they've never really put any money into it for themselves. Now, as prices and everything starts to run away in this bull market, people are making millions of dollars, showing up on the news, rags to riches stories. Then they start to say, well, you know what? I should really get into this thing. I've been watching YouTube videos on this for the longest time, and it's not right that these people are coming out of nowhere, making money when I've been watching YouTube channels for a year on this subject. So they decide to FOMO in, but then they realize the price is way out of range. They set up their strategy and they want to say, okay, we're going to buy the dip. As this price goes down, because it seems like everything's a runaway rocket at this point, when the dip starts to happen, buy the dip and then ride it back up and sell for a profit, right? Sounds good. But many times that so-called dip might be a bearish outlook for a particular project. So someone might look at this and say, okay, that was the plan. Here comes the dip. But wait a minute, this dip is really going much deeper than I expected it to go. It is still dipping. You know what? This might not be a good project. You know, I was bullish on the founder. I thought they had a good roadmap and a mission. The community is awesome. However, something's just not right. This price just keeps falling and falling and falling. So I'm not going to buy into it. Then, of course, a couple news cycles, a couple days in this space, which is years in other spaces, and a celebrity hops on board, a brand deal, whatever it might be. This thing is blowing up on Twitter. It is starting to pick up some traffic on OpenSea or whichever marketplace is listed on. And all of a sudden now, person who missed it before says, okay, the dip is over. Let's get into it now. And the cycle comes over. So generally speaking, when things are going down, people tuck away their money. They don't want to get in. But when things are going up, that's when they want to get in. And it's pretty funny to really think about it. But trying to time that market and figure out exactly when to buy, I'll tell you how much success I've had doing it. Absolutely none. I entered this ETH space in January. Before that, I was on Wax, Solana, Tezos, all over the place. But then I finally came over to ETH when it was over $3,000. And I've been buying into multiple projects ever since, regardless of where ETH is going. So anyone that has been in the space for a very long time, I apologize because it seems like as soon as I came into the space in January, ETH just has been on a downward spiral. Truthfully, if you really look at it, all of crypto has been on a downwards trend since about November or so of 2021. And it just really picked up steam after the new year coming in. And a lot of us thought it was going to be until tax season. However, it has continued right through April and now into June. 
And yesterday I was in a conversation with someone about where we predict the floor to be. And I said by midsummer, it was going to be probably about 1400. And at the time that seemed like a stretch. However, much to my surprise, this person replies and said, it's going to be there by mid next week. However, if Bitcoin breaks 20,000, all bets are off. That's when things are going to be bouncing on lows and highs and springing back up and rebounding very quickly as institutional investors and their triggers and all the different things that they have automated as far as trading, all of those things are going to be set off. So it's going to be just complete chaos. It's going to be wild until things start to settle back down and resume some level of normalcy. So with that said, overnight, obviously, if you're listening to this when it's first released, you'll see that it took about a 10% drop and it looks like he was definitely right. So Of course, this was just a casual conversation. Not at all was it investment advice or anything of that nature. And I was just picking his brain to see what he knows because he's a chartist and was looking at all the different things. So shout out to Tizzle. Great conversation there. And it's a good thing I'm not a gambling man because what he said seems to be a much better prediction than what I had. But here's the thing. The question I asked myself, do I believe in the chain long term? that coin or that particular project, whether we're talking about the crypto project itself or we're talking about the NFT projects, do I believe in it in the long term? And let's say I expect ETH to go to $10,000. Does it really make a difference if I purchase it at $1,300 or $1,400 or $1,500? Not really. I mean, sure, it's a greater percentage, but a return is a return. Long term, I believe it's going to maintain its relevance and its dominance as far as NFTs and all those different things. Despite my personal affection for other chains, I just know the majority of people have their focus on ETH. And what about a project? Let's say I'm expecting this project to have a one ETH floor. Going back to my example of dollar cost averaging it at 0.09 ETH. I mean, does it really make a difference if I bought two or three percent higher than that? In the grand scheme of things, not really. So that's why dollar cost averaging is important because Number one, it takes out the emotion. And number two, when you look at it, the average cost over time usually is a better play than trying to time it and be Nostradamus because more often than not, we are going to be completely wrong. So I would love to know, what are your thoughts? Are you someone that really tries to time the bottom, pick when it's going to level off and then rebound? Or are you a person that just dollar cost average does not matter what's going on in the market? the actual prediction of the prices, what people are saying it's going. Which one do you prefer? Please feel free to share your thoughts and opinions. I greatly appreciate that. Look forward to it. And as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time for listening to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.